Welcome to the OKC First Church of the Nazarene podcast. At OKC First, we are learning to do three things, friendship with God, friendship with one another, and open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Psalms, Psalms 104, verse 24 through 30. How manifold are your works, in wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide. Keeping things unnumberable are there, living things both small and great. There go the ships, the Leviathan that you formed to sport in it. These all took the, to you to give them their food in due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send for your spirit, they are created, and you renew their face of the ground. This is the word of the Lord. God, amen. You may be seated. Okay, if you want to stay and talk to me, you stick around. And if you want to stay and talk to me, sit on the steps right there, okay? We have two, good. Anybody else want to stay and talk? Okay, anybody else want to stay and talk? Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm going to need a microphone. Sir, and do you have the clicker? Okay, kids. Anybody else want to stay and talk? Is that it, Sam? You're gonna stay? Oh no, Sam and Eddie can't stay. Oh. <laughs> okay, I have questions. I'm gonna sit down here with you. Okay. okay. Who has? Uh, who has? Is this on yet? Who has ever been to a mountain? Has anybody ever been to a mountain? Uh, I'm about to go rock climbing, so... You're going to go to a mountain? Yeah, but okay. I'm not because my brothers are because they're going rock climbing. Okay, okay. Has anybody been to a mountain? Have you ever been to a mountain? No. Has anybody gone to a mountain before? No. You have? Tell me about what you saw at the mountain. Um, once for spring break, um, we got to go inside a volcano. Oh, man. Was it fun? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite thing about a mountain? All the animals. The animals, okay. Who has been to like a river or a lake? Has anybody ever been to a river or a lake? Okay, I Chloe. Been to a lake. You've been to a lake? Tell me about it. Um, I rode in a boat super fast. You were really fast in a boat? I have no trouble believing that. None whatsoever. Okay, hang on so we can everybody can hear you. By a lake, and we um, were right by the lighthouse. A lighthouse, very cool. Have you been to a river or a lake? In Camp Bond. Oh, at Camp Bond. Have you ever been to a river or a lake? Yeah. What was your favorite thing about it? Going fishing. Going fishing, yes. Have you ever been to a river or a lake? Yes, a few weeks ago. Really? Did you catch anything? Um, my bro- my, my dad did. Don't you wish your dad would take you fishing more often? Yes. Yeah. Someone took me to someone else's house, and we went fishing there. Went fishing. Has anybody ever been to the ocean? Who's been to the ocean? Who's been to the ocean? You've been to the ocean? What's your favorite thing about the ocean? Everybody, be ready to tell me your favorite thing about the ocean. The sea creatures. The sea creatures. What's your favorite thing about the Um, ocean? I am laying on the beach. Laying on the beach, yeah. What's your favorite thing about the ocean? 
all of the sea creatures. The sea creatures? Yeah, yeah that's a good answer. What's um, your favorite going thing? Going surfing. Going surfing? McCall, do you have a favorite thing about the ocean? Because uh, of the seashells. Seashells, that's, that's a good one. Your favorite thing about the ocean? Going to swimming. Swim. <laughs> Swim. Okay, now here's a heart. Here's a, yeah, you got another one? Um, once my sister, she saw a dolphin. Oh, man. And my mom saw a dolphin. And your mom saw a dolphin, too? Did you believe her? Yeah, I would, too, yeah. Also Okay, now here's a question. Ready? What does the ocean, that's a hard question. Are you ready for this? Chloe, you ready? Ready? What does the ocean tell us about God? Can you think of that? What does the ocean tell us? Anybody have an answer? Okay. What's the ocean? That he split the um, water in half. That's right, that he made oceans, right? What else does it tell us about God? Because the ocean's always flowing just like his love. Oh, that's really good. Let's stand and be dismissed. <laughs> he, made the water. he made the water. He made the water. He really did. So God created the water, right? That tells us something about God. Do you have an answer? What does it tell us about God? He created the sea creatures. And he created the sea creatures. You got something? He. No. Okay. <laughs> Same thing happens to me sometimes. All right. All right. You got something else, Brady? Yeah. All right. What's it tell us about God? The salty water like the salt of life. Man, you guys are, who's your children's pastor? That's really good stuff. Okay, McCall, do you have anything you want to tell us? Okay, Sam, you got one more. Here we go. Um, it's always flowing like God's love. That is very good, very good. Oh, you've got one more as well. Okay. Almost every time I went to swimming lessons two times, like my eyes were blind, and when I got out, everything was bright. Excellent. Let's give these guys a hand. Thank you, guys. You can go ahead and find your seats. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. If you are visiting today at Oklahoma City First Church, this is perfectly normal. <laughs> Actually, this is, uh, this is a lot of things today. This, this particular Sunday is a lot of things kind of all rolled into one. It is uh, VBS Sunday, and we always want to make sure that we give you a good report. And by the way, we do those songs on purpose. We want to make sure that we say to our kids, the songs that you sing are important, right? And just think, a lot of you, you could have burned a lot of calories this week if you'd have come and helped out with a VBS singing. So think about it. Think about it. It's also Pentecost Sunday. Uh, it's a very important day in the life of the church. And this is one of the passages of scripture that's handed to me to, to preach to you, Psalm 104, which sounded a whole lot like a creation song, didn't it? It really did. In fact, I found a song that is very much like what we're trying to do uh, with this particular psalm, and I just wanna play the whole thing. Do you recognize that guy right there? Now, that is Louis Armstrong, and I just want us to listen to this song, and I want you to watch the lyrics, and I want you to know this too. Is it a secular song? Sure, but I think it captures something of what we're after today. Now, if you're one of those folks who are saying, I did not come to church for some sort of environmentalistic sermon, first of all, relax. <laughs> That's not what this is. But I would say to you, there is something of God 
in nature around us. Now, I'm not saying that a tree is God. I don't believe that. But I'm saying that you can look at trees and forests and oceans and all that kind of stuff and know something about God, right? So I want you to understand, as this song captures, I want you to understand that creation as we have it is a gift brought to us and authored by God. So let's see this. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue. Clouds of white, the bright blessed day, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky. Also on the faces of people going by, I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. They're like much more. To myself, what a wonderful world. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful Pentecost Sunday, and on Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the breath of God, the wind of God that blew into a room and changed the world. But we have seen that wind and that breath before. We have seen it before in the, in the scriptural narrative. Psalm 104, 24, the first verse that Drew read today. Oh, Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures, and you are supposed to at this point. You're supposed to think back to the other creation story. Now, we're just going to walk through this here a little bit. But, but watch this. And let me just slide this in right now. Christians love to fight about creation. Have you noticed that? Christians love to fight about creation. It's dumb right? Here, here's the deal. God is plenty big and strong enough to have done it in six 24-hour days, right? But the science seems to indicate that it happened different ways. Here at our church and in our tradition, we do not believe that science and theology compete. We don't believe that science somehow competes with God. In our tradition, we believe that science reveals God. Make some sense? And so God can do it any way he wants to. What we want to say is God did it. Period. Now, if you want to fight beyond that, you go somewhere else and fight because you won't fight with us. We just are going to say 
that God did it. And Genesis 1 is not saying how God did it. It's saying that God did it. Well, did what? Well, look at this. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void. And darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind, or let's even think of it as the breath of God, swept over the face of the waters. And on the first day, there was light. And on the second day, there was sky. And on the third day, there was vegetation, all those plants. And on the fourth day, the sun and the moon and the stars. On the fifth day, there were both fish and birds. And on the sixth day, there's all kinds of things that walk around on the ground, all kinds of animals. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And then there's this, and God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. Now, I didn't say this, but at the conclusion, according to scripture, at the conclusion of every day, God sort of stepped back and he said, oh, this is good. This is good. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean, what does it mean when God says this is good? Is he making some sort of a moral judgment? This is good as opposed to this behaves badly. Is God saying somehow that this is good like in good looking? Turns out this is a huge word good, right? And what it means is something like this. This is good, healthy, right, and it works. Good, healthy, right, and it works. So, what you may not have caught, so let me help you with this. There was chaos. There was chaos. And then there was the breath of God that organized the chaos so that then what you have as a result is a result that glorifies God. All right, now watch this. This is really important. So you had all of this chaos, this chaos, and then the wind, the breath of God blows over all of this chaos, and it organizes everything, and what you have as a result is a result that glorifies God. And God says, oh, this works. This is good. And then he makes mankind. He makes mankind, and according to that same story there in Genesis chapter 1, he makes mankind so that God can partner with mankind to continue to spread the good. To spread the good. Some of you are getting tired of, me hearing, me, tired of hearing me say this, and I apologize. If you're new, hear me say this. <laughs> Faith here at our church is not the means whereby we can earn our escape from this world. Faith here and in our tradition is the means whereby we can partner with God to bring restoration and redemption to this world. And all God's people said, Amen. oh man, and our world is in desperate need of this kind of help and hope and light and redemption, right? And so God breathes and brings some semblance of life and order and creativity to it. And then as God breathes, he breathes life into mankind and says to mankind, will you help me do this now? And now with mankind seated and situated in a way that they can actually partner with God in caring for and redeeming and restoring the planet, God stands back and he doesn't just say it's good, God stands back and he said it's awesome. That's actually the technical Greek and Hebrew, actually Hebrew translation of this term right here, should have said awesome, awesome, it's very good, it's great. It's another story that we access today. 
There was this point in time in the history of our movement when there was this guy by the name of Jesus who came and really got everybody's hopes up, got his, their hopes way up because everybody looked at him and they saw the things that he was doing. They saw the, they heard the things that he was saying and they said to one another, this could be it, the one that we have hoped for and ached for and, and prayed for. This could be the one who could bring everything back to God's dream for it. This could be our guy. This could be the winner who could help us win and then he gets arrested. And beyond that, he gets hurt really badly until finally they execute him publicly. They humiliate him. And there was this really strange story about a resurrection. And, and there were a lot of people who said they saw this Jesus. Some didn't. So some heard the rumor of resurrection, but other people actually saw Jesus. And then there was a really crazy story that we talked about last week. Another crazy story that went something like this. And then Jesus ascended and was gone, hidden by a cloud, went to wherever God is. And we talked about that last week. And then you are left with a bunch of people, a bunch of people who had been following Jesus, a bunch of people who had witnessed the arrest, a bunch of people who had witnessed all of the torture, a bunch of people who had witnessed the death. These people are now all crammed into a room with a little bit of hope, but probably a lot of fear. A little bit of hope but a lot of chaos. What do we do now? What happens now? We cannot lay hands on, we can't even lay eyes on our leader now. What do we do now? And that's when the creator God who breathed life and order into creation started breathing again. Make some sense? Same breath, same God, same implications, same results. In Genesis chapter one, God breathes and there is order and there is life and a result that glorifies and magnifies God. And now God's wind, breath, spirit is added again. And suddenly from heaven there came the sound like the rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. I want you to know something. Um, you're a pretty big deal as a church. We probably don't say that quite often enough around here. You're, you're a pretty big deal. You are the result of the breath of God. Now, this is sort of what we think it might have looked like. And that's the, sort of the best sort of artist rendition I could find that gives you some idea that there was wind and there was even this discussion of fire, which is symbolic or, or actually evidence of the presence of God right there. And, and here's what we believe, by the way. Here's what we believe. And this is crazy too, but this is something we really believe. We believe that when God breathed into that room and started to organize people again, bring shape and order to that chaos in that room, what God's spirit, what God's very presence did was it allowed people to tell this story, to tell the story in all of the languages that all the different people could speak and understand outside of that room. And the gospel message went something like this, and yes, this is the MRSV, the Middendorf Revised Standard Version, but this, this is the story, essentially. God is still God, and God still has dreams for you and us and all of this. God still has dreams for you and for us 
And for all of this, only thing is, these people went to the window and started shouting this message, and they did it in Spanish and in Portuguese and in German. It's because there were Spanish people there, I think. I'm just guessing. There are all different kinds of language groups represented there, and all of them could understand what was going on. It's because God was saying, this is now a worldwide effort. We are going to start again redeeming and restoring the entire earth. Now, God blows God's breath and spirit into this room and organized the church. And God blows God's breath and spirit into this room. Does that look familiar? And it continues to organize us into the people of God, shaped to be partners with God to bring redemption and life and hope and restoration to the world. You know, really, if faith for you is boring, it's your own fault. I understand because there was a point in my life when faith was pretty well contained in this belief that I had to not do bad things. And sometimes that disease can last well into the adult years. That faith is really just a means of me figuring out how to not do bad things. And so you spend your entire life singing praise songs in the hopes that you can finally stop doing that bad thing. If that is the sum total of your understanding of faith, if that is the sum total of your understanding of God, and we call this God King, if that's the sum total of your understanding of kingdom, I gotta tell you, that is boring. That just sounds boring. I'm bored just talking about it. But what if you understood that faith was the means whereby God would breathe into you and then through you the same life and breath that organizes creation so that creation then magnifies God. What if you understood your life and your faith as the means whereby creation around you could be redeemed? What if you understand creation, what if you understood creation around you to be your responsibility? And what if you understood, what if you understood that the same breath that created the world, the same breath that blew into that upper room that day, the same breath that filled the lungs of Christ, what if you understood that that same breath is available to us as the body of Christ, as the people of God? What if we actually believe that that same breath the breath that creates and recreates, that breath that organizes and brings hope and future and life, what if we actually believe that that same breath was available to us? What if we believed that truth? Well, here's what. I do think things would change. (laughs) In fact, I do think things change. In fact, I think VBS is a great time to look around and see that in fact God's wind, God's breath does blow through and organize the people of God 
to do something really good because it takes a lot of moving parts to pull off VBS. If you are in any way involved in any capacity in VBS, would you stand up? Let me see you. All the way around the sanctuary in any way. That includes kids. That includes teens. The, this is a lot of moving parts, and they deserve our thanks. Let's, let's have a quick round of applause. Thank you very much. Listen, I don't think it's a small thing. I don't think it's a small thing to suggest that the breath of God breathes through us and organizes us for mission and ministry, even VBS. Understand how important this is. In fact, Jason and I have talked about this. There may be some sense in which we are most the church during the week of VBS. A couple of you nodded, but nobody said amen. I don't know if that's... Amen. I did get one there. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> You're hired. Maybe we're most the church during the week of VBS when there are so many different pieces and parts in April. Thank you so much for coordinating everything that you did. Our, our coordinator of VBS, just wave at us, April. She did all of this, yeah. And we organize in ways, we organize in ways that allow us to, to make a holistic difference in the life of a child because we feed them in all kinds of ways, including food, right? Because that is the nature of the gospel here. I got an amen there, yeah. That is the nature of the gospel here. It is whole body hope and good news. It's not just for your spirit or your soul. It's not just that. It's at least that, but it's more than that. And so the wind blows through this place, through that place, through this place, and organizes the people of God to be to be the picture of what God hopes for all of creation. In other words, and with this, I'm about done. In other words, when we allow God's breath to blow into and then through us, we become what God dreams for creation to be. The question we have to answer individually is this one. Ready? Am I allowing it? Because, you know, technically you can, you can refuse CPR. <laughs> you can. And some do. Maybe not actively, but in reality, some people refuse the life-giving breath that is made available to them. But when we will receive it, when we will receive it, and when we finally are able to understand that the power is not just in receiving it, but then in turning it around, then there's a song. There's a song that's ours. And I love this song. This is my father's world. And to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my father's world. I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees and skies and seas. His hand the wonders wrought. This is my father's world. I love this. The birds their carols raise. The morning light, the lily white, declare their maker's praise. Now, we're going to get to the kind of the chorus part here next. But again, I want to caution us to not be so politically minded that we immediately reject that there's any possibility that the created order reflects the creator and relieve ourselves of any sort of responsibility there. That's wrong and contrary to scripture. 
So allow yourself to understand the entire created order to be a message from a life-giving God. And here's this part. This is my Father's world. Sing with me. He shines in all that's fair. In the rustling grass I hear him pass. He speaks to me everywhere. But not everyone will listen. So our challenge today, our challenge today and every day, but our challenge today on the day of Pentecost is to first acknowledge that this God does in fact speak to me everywhere. And then our challenge is to be the kinds of people who are willing to hear it. To be the kinds of people who are willing to breathe in the very breath of God and then breathe that same breath out in the hopes of partnering with God to do what God dreams to do with God's life. And we are a church because God used that same breath, the same breath that God used to create creation, God used to create a church. And that same breath is available to us now if we'll have it so that we can partner with God in the process of creation and recreation. Why don't you stand with me? We, uh, we're just going to take a very brief time to pray. We don't have much else to do. We're going to pray, and we're going to see a slideshow from VBS and receive an offering and then have a few announcements. And then there are, I've smelled them already. They are great hamburgers. I, I promise it's distracted me already today. But I want to make sure that we, we at least make it possible for someone to pray. Someone who would say, okay, I can buy the he speaks to me everywhere part, but Truth be known, I am not yet in a place where I can appreciate it, hear it, or understand it. Well, let's pray about that. Let's pray about that. Is it possible, is it possible that God is in fact speaking somewhere within your frame of reference, but you just aren't attentive to it? Well, let's, let's pray about that. Heavenly Father, We believe, God, as we read, we believe the stories in Genesis 1 that however you chose to do it, we believe that you did, in fact, create. We believe and we appreciate the way it's described there in Genesis 1 that the wind, your very breath, blew over chaos and organized it so that the result resulted in something that glorified you. We believe as well, God, that that same breath blew into that room and organized a church. We believe too, God, that that same wind and breath that filled the lungs of Christ is available to us and would love to continue to organize our church and all churches. 
but we know that at times we are the obstacles. And so we pray today, God, in the hopes that you would help us to know how to receive this breath and how to reinvest it. Now, you're welcome to come to find a place to pray, and there are padded altars at either side. If you'd like to go and pray a prayer for healing, someone will meet you there. You're welcome to sit where you are or kneel where you are or find a place up here. If you pray up here, someone will come and pray with you. But I want to invite you now to take a posture of prayer and a posture for prayer, whatever is most comfortable for you. Remain standing if you like. Come and find a place to pray if you'd like. church, I would encourage you to be that church that doesn't let someone pray alone. If you see someone praying, if you could find your way to the side of that person so that no one prays alone. You know, really, the prayer today is relatively simple. God, breathe into me. God, breathe into me. Father, we begin this time of prayer with confession, as we always do. God, there are times when we seem to refuse. Sometimes we don't even know it. But there are times when we seem to refuse this breath or refuse to participate in it. We confess that, Lord. And where you are, I want to invite you to pray that prayer for yourself. If you are aware that you refuse that breath, Confess it now. sick 
or hurt, if you know someone sick or hurt in any way in need of a prayer for healing, I want to invite you to pray it right now. That pain could be physical. That pain might be emotional or mental. It might be relational. Please pray for that healing now. simple prayer I want to invite you to pray now breathe that breath into me God and breathe that breath into our church into churches if you can't make it really personal then pray for me <laughs> pray for us as a pastoral team pray for us as a church that God would breathe God's breath into us Father, today we celebrate the baptisms of Ron and Lawrence Wheeler, and we celebrate the baptism of Matt Hodge and the folks from Luz Vida. God, we celebrate that you are still breathing and breathing into lives and capturing whole lives for decades at a time. So breathe into us. Continue to breathe into us so that we can partner with you and reinvest that same breath into the world around us. We have some idea. You've given us at least a glimpse of what this kingdom can look like when the people of God take that godly deep breath and then unleash it on creation around us. We get some glimpse of what it might look like in the words of the Lord's Prayer. And so we pray it today, God in the hopes that as we pray it, that this prayer will take up more and more ground in our lives. So church, I want to invite you to pray this prayer along with me now. It's a prayer with which you are all familiar, and we pray it around here using debts and debtors. The words are on the screen, and we will close our prayer with this prayer. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more information about OKC First, please visit okcfirst.com. 
Like us on Facebook at Oklahoma City First Church of the Nazarene. Or follow us on Twitter at OKC First Church.